0: We are at the foot of Mount Sana'a. Um because tomorrow evening we begin Shavuot, yes, this holiday after the beginning of Passover, second night, remember we begin to count the Omer, we have three different readings as to why this 49 days, for others it is called Pentecost 50, we take a day off. Forty-nine, 7 of 7 weeks, from the beginning of the end of the barley harvest to the beginning of the wheat harvest. Also our celebration from Exodus to Revelation. And so while we're beginning in Midbar, uh, in our Torah portion uh, for the regular uh, cycle of the year, we're really in Bamidbar here as we return to Exodus. So I'm going to ask you all now to turn to page 412 or Parshat Tro Exodus 19, my name is Rabbi Micah Hyman, um, I'm thrilled to be here, uh, I could give you my bio, but you know, you could figure it out, Facebook it, you know, we're here, we're together, and I really do need from you, um, your input, uh, and... Torah is something that is hitpael reflexive. And so you'll get to know me a little bit through my style. We're going to be... Is the volume okay? I will uh, enunciate to the best of my ability. But it's a little chaotic experience, Mount Sinai. You know, how you find order from chaos is not an easy thing. So the first question that I want you guys to have in your minds is when have you felt this simultaneous experience of absolute chaos and total clarity last night must have been a good show yeah or all the time perhaps um, and this is where revelation is no in, no absolutely not is that sweet spot Um it is both timely and timeless so it could be last night or 10,000 years and the reason I want to start in chapter 19 before we commence into the actual reading of the Torah is just to hear the Hebrew of this introduction in this third month, uh, which is Sivan, or the month of Gemini, according to the Mazalot in Midrash, um, they left Me'aretz Mitzrayim. You have to get the context. So just as I talked about Passover, Shavuot doesn't make any sense without this initial leaving. Yeah? And then it says, Me'aretz Mitzrayim, the next day, on that very day, and that is not what Bayom Haze means. What does Bayom Haze mean? Ze Hayom. This day. Right now. So, I don't know if any, my kids love these science fiction, you know, shows, or I like, I like Land of the Lost. They had an ability to kind of open up the space-time, you know what I'm talking about? And they rip the fabric of time and enter in. This is what our context is. So we, all participate at Sinai by Yom So simultaneously, Torah is allowing us to return back to the exodus of Egypt and to come to this wilderness. And I love how it's not a desert. It's a thicket. It's kind of—I uh, don't know—the canopy. I, I think more Brazil than Egypt at this point, because let's just remember. Uh, as far as was it desert landscape to, uh, these back uh, four thousand years? No, it was a very different kind of topology. But here, by Yom HaZeh, we come to Midbar Sinai. So I really want to put you in that place, and that's how our context is: is we are there by Yom Haze. And often Torah, when it says Ad Hayom Hazeh, until this very day, Torah does contextualize this historical experience. So we don't have to go, Hmm. Well, if I were there in 20,000 CE, B.C.E., then I must have No, Bayom Hazeh. So it contextualizes this very much in the present. And so I want to be with you right now. Uh, in the present, where God is speaking to Moses, and the people are, they've made this journey, and now I'm on verse, the end of verse two, Israel encamped in front of the mountain. It does not say that. It, okay, so this is what I do a lot of times. I'm going to take the Hebrew, give the translation, and tell you why it's such a terrible translation. I love... I've
1: never, let's stop there, because oh. I've never heard that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: so this is the first-time translation. It's like, you know, it's like kissing through chain mail. It's just really hard to get the the living text uh, from the English. Because, they are appositional at this point. They are against this mountain. And it really is a mountain. I mean, how do you enter right now? I mean, someone was telling me that terrible traffic, right? You still probably are in your car. Or like, oh, that email. It's really hard and you're up against a mountain in a sense. Now, we've all felt independently up against this mountain, and I, oh, this is gonna be scary. Cause, ooh, brown, perfect for mountain. What I, I do want you to realize is just the context of this, of this initial, uh, description of them leaving the narrow straits. Yeah, there's the narrow straits, one lane, no easy pass, you can't get around it. And now, the encampment is Yisrael right here, right? They're right here, Negat Hahar, against The mountain, and what is that metaphor? That they are ready, they have left, they don't know what they're ready for, and they're against the mountain. Neged hahar. Yes, it is not pyrotechnics yet. They're simply looking up at a mountain, like you have an appointment and you're on San Vicente, and some guy is dropping off ten key, whatever they're doing, and you're. "Ah, ah." They're really up against it. Right now, in this moment. And so, in that preparation, God gives the most beautiful poem to Moses to explain to him. And he called from this mountain, saying, now just, I'm going to be very clear, it doesn't say, God said, past tense. Lay more. It's a continual operation, and I believe that this is an ongoing communication that says, You, to the house of Jacob, children of Israel, bring you back to Genesis. Not that Exodus story, but the parents, the ancestors, your father, your grandfathers. You saw what I did to the Egyptians. I took you on eagles' wings, sharim." Has anybody seen, by the way, this is an aside. Oh, when I do this, this is a basketball term for taking a 20. This will be a 20 second aside. So that children of eagles actually learn to fly. I don't know, any, any bird specialists here? So what they do is they carry them on their wings. Have you seen, do, do you know this? I don't know what you've learned. I mean, you've got a great rabbi, so. So there's these eagles' wings, right? And so how do you teach a kid to, your kid to fly? You're flying you drop down and the kid goes whoa 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 that's carrying on eagle's wings and so they really nestled sometimes I think eagle's wings I, I don't want to be deodorant I, I want that feeling of nurturing tachat kanfesh shechina is not under the wings it's in between these two wings and how do you learn to fly you drop down you feel that sense that vertiginous sense and then you come right back so he has changed the metaphor entirely God or She, he, what, God. From, I'm up against a mountain to, no, no, no. I've carried you on eagle's wings. I've given you flight. And you will be my people if you keep these commandments. All of this is mine. And therefore, you are mine. I'm here on Exodus chapter 19 verse 5. If you ata, now, present time, shamoa tishma if you truly understand this call, this voice, and protect and keep this breed, then you will be to me this treasured people. Now, I don't see mikol ha'amim as distinct, better than. This is a unique relationship that we have this leadership amongst the peoples of the earth because and this is what I want you to communicate a special unique relationship not superior but a unique relationship and so Moses says God has spoken all of these words and I'm just going to speak in that rabbinic prophetic voice that we often do in a lower register Moses came and summoned the elders and put all that God had said to him and all the people said, "All that God has spoken, we will do." Kol asher diber Adonai naase. And Moses brought back the people's words, etc., etc. I, I really, it's beautiful. And then he says, "Go to the people." Now we're turning the page, chapter nineteen. God says again to Moses, "Lech el ha'am, go to the people. Don't stay up on the mountain." and kidashtem Otam we're on verse 10 now stay Hayom Umachar V'Kiddashtem stay pure could not have a worse translation I am sure you have talked about what Kadesh means it is not purity in that sense and I think we have yeah, holy whole W-H-O yes And go to the laundromat. Okay. So has anybody uh, on Yom Kippur taken out their whites and see the stain from breakfast? Has anybody had their talis and they're just ready to like feel like okay? I just left the mikvah, and then there's a stained talis. No? No one's had this out. Oh, come on. You didn't <laughs> ever go to a meeting and you were so comfortable and the airplane just jostled you right as you were taking it. Oh, no. This was a big meeting. And now I have... So, he, the kipsu, it to be able to wash your clothes. We're in the desert, but there's something material. And so, I have a degree in material culture and textiles. It's really my one of my favorite loves is reading text from textiles. So, Uh, I'll just give you a small example. Uh, Mayolica plates, you know, these like lusterware plates from southern Spain. Many of these come from, the designs come from textiles. And so here we actually have how important textile, material culture is to approach holiness. I just love that. Let them be ready on that third day. Day number three, God will vayered Adonai. God will descend, le'eneh, in the vision of all the people, al har Sinai. So we've changed our perspective from negatahar to God being on, and you now higbalta ha'am, and surround them. So first they're encamped up against it. And then the most radical reshifting, for me it's radical, the radical reshifting is surround this mountain, and say, set the bounds Saviv around saying, watch out, don't go up on the mountain and touch it, because anybody who touches the mountain will be put to death. Okay, I'm not a magical thinker. I do believe in God deeply, but I don't believe in a hocus-pocus God. And I don't think our Torah does either. Go into your childlike Hebrew school lesson state and have the really angry expatriate Israeli. What does it mean to not touch the mountain? I'm sorry, bad, fake Israeli accent. (laughs) What did you guys think when you were young or just when you've heard this story? If you touch the mountain, what did you guys imagine that was the magical experience of Hashem, Moshe and this mountain and all the people around it saying don't touch it? What did you think? Was was that was about? Curious,
1: Exact. right? It's electrified. <laughs>
0: and why? And why? Why can't you go up the mountain? Hey, you just told me I was going to be a Mamlechet koanim. I'm going to be a whole nation of priests. What's up with this one percent stuff, or nine nine percent? Actually, new studies nine percent stuff. What's going on? So, yes, please. To
1: me, to me, it's the mountain. And so, Amy says supercharged, but it's, there's a holiness that if we touch it, it's just beyond our... It will kill us. It's it
0: just, is so supercharged. I love it. It is so radically supercharged because God's on top. And Moses is right there. So people have to stand away from the mountain. But that also implies... The mountain itself has become somehow potent with fire. Almost it's this altar is the mountain. Okay. Possible. I'm trying to give some alternative explanations that don't actually electrify that mountain. Yes.
1: You get a better perspective of the mountain if you're not on it.
0: Ah, okay. So... Now, you're beginning this answer. Better perspective of the mountain. Certainly when you're on the mountain, what are you saying? You're between, you want to talk rock and a hard place. I just don't even know where my next step is. I don't know how I'm going to get up the mountain. And, you're equally all from slightly different vantage points having that same perspective. Now, let's look at the text. It says, when it says you'll be put to death, what did you guys think? You touch the mountain, you get electrocuted, right? But it says, mot yumat. Mot yumat means you will be put to death. Which implies what? As opposed to, you shall surely die. Human
1: intervention.
0: Correct. It is a human response. So now think with me. Which implies, it's not, it's not electrocuted. You know what happens when you touch a mountain? You touch a mountain. Okay, so this is a little negative theology. We're going to have to walk through. Okay, not that. It's not electrocuted. We all have to stay at an equal space around this mountain. So what's up with that? Why? Why will you certainly die? And now I actually want to go back to Adam and Eve that says, if you eat this apple, Eve, you'll certainly die. Well, what, were they going to live forever if they didn't eat the apple? Nah, I'm a little cynical. Yes?
2: So does it sort of go back to part of the central Sinai experience Which is, you know, the faith in the face of adversity, that during this whole process, even getting to the mountain, and when they were wandering around before they got to the mountain, these are like people were losing faith. They were gonna go back, it's too hot.
0: Right, right, right. Complaining,
2: struggling, fighting. Now suddenly, you know, they're being told don't touch the mountain. So if anything, it's like, are we going to listen to God or are we not?
0: And what would it mean not to listen to God?
2: Well, I'm going to jump this. And, and climbing
0: mountains. I'm t- and I'm going to climb this on my own. Have you ever felt this like in a team experience where you're like, I know, it's a long place. We've got the strategic plan. <laughs> it's, it's still in incubation, but you guys just do your daily work, be together. And then there's that guy that says, uh-uh, I'm a disruptor. I'm out. I'm going to take my own. I've got a mission from God. And I'm going to start climbing this thing on my own. Because here's the scariest thing about this, and I just think of this, and I'll just full disclosure, sometimes I'm insecure. Because, I'm just saying, as a human being, sometimes I'm insecure if I'm on this side of the mountain and you're on the other side I'm just, imagine and listeners forgive me you can't imagine well you can but just there's a room filled with people am I talking there's a room filled with people here and there's this open space and the microphone should be where the mountain is here's the mountain, right? here's the mountain and we're all equally standing around the mountain you're on the other side of the mountain remind me your name again
2: thank you
0: Say? Mickey. Mickey. So Mickey, Mickey, I know you for more than just chauffeur. I just got to figure out where. Our, the congregation in Ohio. I'm not sure, Mickey. I'm not
1: sure.
0: I'll find it. What can't I see on the other side of the mountain? There's this huge mountain here.
2: I can't see
0: Mickey. I can't see Mickey. And now just think if I'm an insecure man, and I am, what am I thinking? <laughs> what am I thinking Mickey's up to?
1: not going to affect me.
0: Mickey's going to climb the mountain nothing's going to happen to him Moses climbed the mountain the elders climbed the mountain I want my piece of my mountain welcome to society king of the hill and then what's this metaphor again if everybody tried this happens in life that I'm going to try to take a step up because I'm not sure what you're doing. You're taking a step up. I'm taking a step up. What happens when 600 units all try to climb that mountain simultaneously? Uh-oh. Crowded. Not just crowded. King of the hill. And guess who falls? Actually, we all fall. Which is why I love that dollar bill aside from the Illuminati stuff. There's that pyramid. And this is a By the way, this is why I hate pyramids so much. Not just Egypt. It's a, it's a Ponzi scheme. I'm all of a sudden creating hierarchies, which is a Mamlech koanim. is actually the humility to stand at the base of the mountain knowing you're on the other side. And actually, I know that the uh, ECE, ECC, CCCE, Those are great kids. They're doing their thing. This synagogue's alive. We're here studying Torah. There's about to be meditation. This means I'm not worried. Oh, wow. Is Rabbi Bernstein going to be doing something different Then maybe i need to meditate now that's not at the base of the mountain. Or think about your siblings, or think about even your 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 parents. How do you kaved avicha etimecha? They're not going to respect me, I need to do it. I can't see them, but I can feel them. And this is all human-based to a God that I can't see and I can't touch. And I've been told explicitly that Moses, you can't see my face, but you still want to. So the metaphor that I want to have is, uh, you know those climbing walls? you ever since take your kids or great so they have these climbing wall birthday parties oh try the climbing wall you get on the oh god such a schlep. and then you're you're climbing it's not really that fun quite frankly and then like what do you get to do bing then there's the birthday kid and he may or may or she may or may not be the greatest climber but everybody's at that base of the mountain looking up and they're like go go I think you get more of the mountain experience at that, as you say, base camp, celebrating that that representative that we all know, we're going to share, and the cake tastes so much better then. I got to this level. I got to that level. And so here is why I really believe it is Sakol sakel, which is, now I'm back, either stoned or, uh, it's not really shot. Uh, That's a... (laughs) that's a bad translation but that we have to ensure society that keeps a level playing field and that holiness is not necessarily trying to uh, allot to rise but it's to maintain a grounded center around an insurmountable object to uh, ineffable subject uh, to something that I cannot see but I know Yes, yes.
3: I'm also seeing a degree of separation from those of us at the bottom of the mountain looking up and the mountain itself and what's on and in the mountain. Is that part of the metaphor as well, that we're meant to be separated?
0: There's a distance. It's clear. I mean, we could have used river. We had you know, we've had going through Mitzrayim. It could have been that we came to a lake and we all immersed together. There are other metaphors. We've had the manna of you know coming from heaven as as rain and sustenance of a continual. I do think it's got to be challenging, and it's also Moses and Adam and Eve for that matter, and Jacob for that matter, and Abraham. It ain't easy.
3: But we keep studying and trying to get. Closer to that mountain and understanding the height and the the strength of that mountain, even though we're not permitted to touch it, right? Our study is an effort to get us into that mountain and understanding.
0: Okay, so is it trying to get us into the mountain or under the mountain? It's trying to do something and Naasev and It's a collective to say, you know what? I'm working so hard to get to know you. I mean, I'm literally in this, biome, in this real time, I'm working so hard to get to know you from your questions. What's really the answer coming back to me? I'm learning about myself. Am I really trying to understand KI? Of course I am, personally.
3: Well, in, in our study, we're trying to understand our own lives as well. Yes. And a pattern for our lives and a model that we see from these stories for our lives. I'm thinking Kilauea
0: right now. Yes. Yeah, don't, yes.
3: Don't try to climb that mountain.
0: <laughs> and know. it's smoking. I mean, this is actually, I was going to go there. This Hawaii, this, this very potent. How do you get such beauty? You don't want Hawaii. If you don't want an atoll, you're going to have to do away with lava and earthquakes and all of these beautiful tectonic shifts. Tough, violent, powerful, and yet, yes.
3: So we hear fear of God, awe of God. That's really what this story is about. The separation is all.
0: Can with? With, yes. <laughs> awesome, mighty. And I carry you on eagle's wings. See, there's a... I don't want to say the feminine aspect, because it's yeah, I'm, I'm just not masculine, Nurture. feminine. Nurture. So, yes and. Mm-hmm. Avinu malkenu, Intimate, infinite. And but this point about Higbalta that I, I I really want to stress is how do I best understand Mickey? Is to understand that he is in that same place that I can't see and know that we're really connected in this holy endeavor, even though I feel so isolated. I mean I can't tell you how many strollers you see and everybody's in their own silo of solipsism, that With ulti- right, <laughs> totally quote unquote plugged in but checked out and yet. <laughs> If I can see that on the other side of the mountain, everybody's dealing with the same, same thing. thing. So and when that, you asked yeah.
3: earlier how many of us have confronted chaos and contentment at the same time. Yes, so everybody here has. Right, we all have.
0: And so, and then how do you find that moment? How do you, how do you put words to it? Vayidaber, dibur, eser, It's not ten commandments. Utterances. Which is why I think it really starts and we're gonna get there in the second half. Oh ten fifteen, we're good. Anohi I I am. Now I don't think that's an egoistic statement to say I am. Everybody, Sheila Hetty, great writer, Canadian writer, anybody? So Sheila Hetty, she's wonderful. She says even I get to call myself a little bit I now and again. Yes, and then you yeah, Betty and then
1: I I see the the mountain as an eternal fixture. Okay. Okay. And I see the the utterance not to touch it as forming a people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it's keeping us together apart from the mountain with the perspective of the mountain. And since the whole, I think, the whole point of bringing us out of Mitzrayim yes. was to create the people, right, who. Who acknowledge and worship a single god Yeah, yeah. that you needed to have the physical space to make a people
0: right and yet if it was a permanent structure that we all needed to stay around right. we'd be immobile we'd be stuck in the desert and we would have Mount Sinai as an actual place it wasn't St. Catherine's okay. some people think it's St. Catherine's oh I hiked Mount Sinai you've ever gotten that picture I'm on Mount Sinai right. no but we pull the form. What's exciting about seeing communal structures is the best, and this is why I think God in the Bible, Jack Miles, you know, that biography of God, how God slowly pulls back. It's almost like you're pulling that form out and then you just see a dancing Israeli dance. You know, that Yemenite rite is what it's about. That's the permanent positioning that God truly... The
1: people
0: are what's permanent. Right. And God doesn't go away. It's still a very palpable center. And uh, that's why I think the horror is probably the best invention of Jewish cultural life. Yeah. It, it,
2: but I also see it, I mean, the people as they're getting close to being a unit of uh, like people or yes. like things, it's the journey, at least for me it would be the journey is is as important as because if you're trying to reach there may never
3: reach there but
0: it's the journey that's the important thing and to, and to recognize that there's somebody to the right of me to the left of me all around me and not it's not the mountain I don't know it's almost karate kid like you know zen wisdom it's not about the mountain and it's not about and thusly God dost say the thus about, oh my gosh, here we are feeling something. Mashu, v'ikdashtem, hayom, and machar. And so now I want to move forward in this beautiful thing, because if we don't get to the Ten Commandments, I think I've really giving you short shrift. just
3: get through the entire Torah.
0: Oh, good, good. Well, all, well, we'll get to that because all of Torah is in that first word, both oral and written. Right. Well, there you go. So, 414. Now... I think we're different
1: editions. Oh, please. So,
0: chapter 19. We're still back. Chapter 19, verse 13. When the ram's horn... Sounds a long blast. Vayuvel. In the drawing out. You know, mishicha, Mashiach. This is actually that drawn out sound. Any musicians here? No? Okay. Sforzando. Which is counter to music. That it actually gets louder with duration. Then... When you hear that sound, And then they will feel risen within the mountain. It doesn't say Al-Hahar, now you jump on the mountain. And then it says in the mountain. That moment. Verse 14. This is such a radical shift and you're going to have to apologize for Moses for me. I'm really so you heard it, right? You heard the speech, you heard the poetry, you heard the beauty, eagle's wings so great. And so Moses comes down to the mountain and people and warn them. Wash your clothes. That's what you got? Wash your clothes. And then he says to the people, be good. Be right. Three days. Don't sleep with a woman. Huh? Ma did we hear any of that? The the washing your clothes, yeah. Uh, how did Moses take this last turn? I mean, it's like I, I left my mom this morning. You know, she's like, are you sure you want to wear that sweater? I don't you know. You know, I was talking about, just don't have bad breath. That was the last thing. You know, you talk and your future and your life. It's just caring. and life. Just make sure to have a recolo before you speak to people. Really? Mom, this is it? Why? Why?
3: That's
0: what moms do. Oh, but why Moses? And this is what, Why? I mean, he messed up here. I, I don't think I have to apologize for God here why you're not supposed to be intimate with, uh, with a partner. I can explain why I think Moses was thinking it, but why? Why shift and all this beautiful stuff?
1: It's focus,
0: yeah. Focus. To remain absolutely present. That,
1: that's pretty much what I was going to say. It's not about our relationship at this point with our spouse, it's really about our time with God. You know, getting ready for something at a much higher level.
0: So if we're supposed to prepare so I just want to criticize Moses for a bit. I mean, it's okay, he can handle it. You know, he, he had the Bnei Yisrael Adam for 40 years. So if it's about focus.
1: It's saying don't be distracted.
0: Don't be distracted.
1: From I, this basic relationship
0: with the divine. If I were to say that and, and it may be that, I mean one midrash obviously is intimacy with one other person alienates you from the rest of the people. You're totally focused and fused on one other and carnality in Canaanite religion in other ways that they would use uh, honestly temple prostitutes to create holiness. That's not the way we roll. And that could be that counter. Yes, it would be so helpful if you tell me your names, because then I can yeah, read. Dave Russo. Dave, a pleasure. Wouldn't you conjoin that description with make sure your clothes are washed? In other words, I read this as saying this causes impurity. Yes, absolutely. And, and traditionally, so sexuality—you can't be yeah. out of the camp—and day therefore, coming, make sure you're pure. It's not so much about
1: focus as it is purity you're yeah. for the day.
0: So, why not say that?
1: Yeah. My name is Richard. Hi, Richard. I, I think the issue that you're
0: trying to go to is the fact that Moses is embellishing what
1: God said. In the, in the sense that God, God says in verse 10, let them wash their clothes. And then the next thing is simply, let them be ready for the third day.
0: And then Moses. Is Which saying, is what all of you are saying. And then Moses is taking it upon himself to essentially tell God, listen, I've been traveling with these folks for a while. You haven't seen what they're (laughs) capable of getting up. That's right. (laughs) So I will take it upon myself. Don't party. Don't party. You didn't tell me not to party? Not saying that you should. Right. But he does deduce... And already you're hearing this religion. that Moses gets it. I can't see your face. I don't have a direct dictation. It's going to come out a little differently. And I think he really missed the mark here. Because, frankly, I'll just be frank with you, I think that we have under-eroticized the Mount Sinai experience about uh, the holy eroticism between humanity and the divine. And he is so paranoid about it because of perhaps Nadav and Abihu, the sons that that God smoked. Perhaps later on, we're thinking about Zimri and Cosby and the Pinchas, the Midianite kind of conflagration. But he's speaking for God. So it's either great chutzpah or great insight. I'm saying he misdirected that freaked the people out in a way that was not necessary. Because it's two different things. If I say to you, just make sure you're clean and ready I know how to work that out, but if you put it as a sexual prohibition, don't approach a woman. And I like that you said a wife, but I don't really hear that so much. Oh, that's what God's about. So God's puritan. I get that, but that's Moses telling you that God's puritan. And so I think we can mistranslate. Even the guy at the top of the mountain who's getting the direct dictate gets it slightly wrong. Ah, I'm okay. I'll be all right. Not seven Ishma, even if I'm not getting it perfect. Like, Is everything here? I'm like, oh, my God, I'm being recorded for perpetuity, right? But it's not perfect. It's the best attempt that we have to get that. And I think staying clean and staying. And and just to this point about prepare for three days. Stay pure. It's so hard the day before to stay that way. And so what do we do? We jump in. Oh, I mustn't do that. I shouldn't do that. Or maybe I can do that. No, I can't maybe do that. No, I can't. I spend so much of my time preparing. saying, ooh, oh, I, I should say this. Don't say that. Hey, hey, hey. That's not the direction. Empty out a bit. See what happens when you're about to have such a radical experience. Yeah. Yes, please. Judith. Yes.
3: Um, I have to say that I think these are two life forces. Sex is certainly one of the most powerful and basic of life forces. Yes. And I think what we're talking about, the relationship with God and this power of a divine being is also, it's life we're talking about, of a people and of individuals.
0: An intimacy that is collective yes. and is, can be sensual without being uh, yes. erotically explicit.
3: But in saying no sex for this amount of days before, mm-hmm. I think it's saying the life force that you're witnessing is even greater than the sexual life force so leave the one aside to participate in the other
0: and so what we're hearing is beautiful Torah, that both of these interpretations. I like giving Moses a hard time, just like I like giving Jacob a hard time. I'm a little hard on myself. That's just the way I am. I'd rather give myself not the benefit of the doubt, and then at the end, you know, he'll be okay. Moses does fine. You know, he doesn't get into the mountain for other reasons. Here, I really do think he misdirects the people to be freaked out, rather than to be in awe. You know, we know this awful and awesome is that same root.
1: Yes? But I, I think that very, oh,
0: No, no, yes? I think that very... We um, uh, did
1: with strength in Moses that he translates but not perfectly is uh, a setup for our whole learning process for you as a rabbi or any rabbi or, or anyone uh, to feel that they're not necessarily it's not coming from God's lips it's coming through their right.
0: experience right. Of that. It, uh, which is uh, another midrash on Bamidbar is within the iteration and it's not always perfect which is why I love our high priest has to give a sin offering for his own faults. they're not perfect you know the Pope uh, he's talking right now about his inerrancy and whether he can make a mistake. Because I think he said, this, this poor kid's dog died. And he said, oh, your dog's going to be in heaven. And then the doctor to the face said, no, dogs don't go Dogs don't go to heaven in our faith. And he's like, you know, maybe I made a mistake. And then they go, no, even worse now, you said a mistake and you can make a mistake. And he says, you know. Yeah, you know that joke when the Pope's Jewish? No, I'm kidding. Too far, too far. Forgive me. Forgive me. Wait, wait,
1: wait.
3: Go, don't leave
0: that. No, no, I'm just saying he's got a very... He's Jesuit in a sense. He's got a very intellectual, humanist approach to how we approach these things as opposed to Benedict the Fourteenth, who really saw the doctrine of the faith as the halacha that must be administered vis-a-vis up on high and a preservationist versus kind of an organic debate within people and... Yeah, so I'm a so you fan. You said the
3: Pope is Jewish,
0: right? No, I said the joke is when the Pope's Jewish, and now Catholics are asking themselves... Well, the Pope, Jewish?" Well, you know, no, no, I, don't think they're, I don't think he's going to Mick for tomorrow, but I do think that his intellectual approach is very different than something we've seen, yes, no, at least in my life. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: So I want to go back... All respect, uh, Pappy. You know, kind of married, uh, the purity and focus... Yeah. And, ...and the ritual aspect of the washing... Because you know the context is, we as a people are at a really big moment. We're about to get ten combats, right? And on Sunday at the end of Shavuot, we actually read ten matters. So if you think about it going into Shabbat, yes. like you have a ritual of washing. Yes. Right before you enter a house of Shiva, right, you're washing. Like, this is really a big moment, and Yom Kippur, you
0: wear white,
2: right? So, I think that's a a big portion of it, yes. And and it's really that the people are really getting ready to have kind of their biggest connection to God to get our most important commandments that are going to become really the watchword of our faith, yes. And, um, you know, so I think the whole thing about don't touch the mountain, you need to get pure, you need to stay focused. Uh, Moses is going to be up there. He's going to get zapped. Something really big is going to happen. And this is all kind of
0: preparation. And I just challenge us, all of us, right before that moment of preparation, sometimes we do the silliest things because we're so amped and there's space. I don't just drop in. It's two days before the interview that I'm a mess. It's not right now. Not that I'm interviewing. We're just studying Torah here, of course. But we're in it. I'm experiencing you listening. Two days before, when my kids are at there, you know, let's just say it wasn't the best m- meatloaf I've ever made. You know, I, it's a lot going on. And how do you stay focused and intentional before the day? You know, I actually... Uh, 20 is a little aside. I actually think the penultimate moment is more important than the actual experience. How you position yourself to approach a scenario is almost more important than, without over-projecting and trying to imagine what it is, I've never met many of you, actually I've met some of you, so I'm making I'll find it
1: I've got to remember it's not Shofar you know, oh, It's Camp Ramah Camp <laughs> Ramah,
0: that's right,
1: right.
0: Oh, Ramah, of course and Okay, good. Nice to see you again. <laughs> Glad we said it.
1: Yeah, so, Mickey's our cantor emeritus.
0: Amen. Amen. Uh, and he's
1: a, the musician
2: on the opposite side of the mountain.
0: And there we have <laughs> it.
1: I knew I didn't.
0: It's great to see you. Okay. The
2: second best chauffeur blows you. <laughs> you're the first.
0: Wow. Well, you know, the longer the chauffeur, the easier it is to blow. Do you know that? No.
2: Say that again.
0: Long chauffeurs, they look mighty. But it's easier to get the sound out. It's those little ones. Those are the real, those guys are the, those are the Bert Severinsen. Doc Severtson. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm not aging myself. Uh, okay, let's go now and let's jump. I just want to get to this third day. We're turning, uh, chapter 19, verse 16. Uh, for those using the green edition, it's page 415. <laughs> and now we're here at that third day. Haboker, what a great verb! It says as morning dawned, but what is lehiot? What is that Hebrew? Lehiot is to be. In being morning. In becoming dawn. You've got the Wikilei Lai Lea. What was the mountain that's about to explode there? No. Kilauea. Kilauea. Sorry. It's Kilowatta. It's really intense. <laughs> right? June gloom is upon us, even in mid-May. Heavy cloud. The Kol Shofar Chazak Bayod. And there's this sound that it keeps expanding. And I love this. Anybody heard the term haradim? The Haredim, the yes. really observant, the Haredi. Yeah. This is where it comes from. kol <coughs> ha'am. Do you see it here on the third line here on verse 16? The people trembled. And so a Haredi is someone who trembles before God. And this is where that expression, trembling before God, comes. kol <coughs> ha'am the Elohim. I just love that. And so Moses takes them out to go visit God. I just this amazing antiphonal moment of this sound and lightning, and you would think, run away, run away, we're not worthy. And notice Moses do in this moment. Moses becomes that great leader that we know. Yeah, come on, guys, let's go make a visit. Let's go make a visit. Very intense. And they stood at base camp. Now you could say, as the midrash does, they're under the mountain because it's over them, but let's leave that for now. I think they're at base camp. <laughs> Uh, that was the Hebrew now in verse 18 Mount Sinai and smoke of the night come down in the fire the smoke rose like a smoke of a kiln the whole mountain trembled violently the first verse uh, the verse right above says all the people uh, trembled and now the mountain trembled trick question if both the people and the mountain are simultaneously trembling what is the condition So I'm going to say it again. And I think you some of you... Harmonic resonance.
2: I mean, basically, everybody's vibrating together. Correct.
0: This is why order from chaos makes so much sense to me. And this is why falling in love makes so much sense. You're crazy, you don't know, everything's crazy, but it doesn't matter. Or like the waltz. Uh, anybody watching a Victorian Albert?
1: Oh, that,
0: that waltz scene. So they do this waltz. I always need like a bag when I watch the waltz from afar. Do you know what I'm talking about? Everybody is spinning. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know one, two, three, one. And I'm just trying to keep step. I didn't do cotillion. I felt terrible.
1: <laughs> but what
0: happens when everybody is doing it simultaneously? That harmonic resonance so now I again ask you in a time of your life when has everything been in chaos and you've been in chaos and it feels just fine I mean I can give an example of course uh, look my wife she, she passed away from breast cancer and yeah it was hard I was in a bad place it was very challenging and tough but when I met someone else who was suffering and they were a mess and I was a mess great cup of coffee I can't say it was a great day, but I felt a sense of stability in that chaos. And many, many uh, of these, you know, mourning uh, group grief sessions, often people couple up in that moment because it's the only place they feel calm.
3: That connection. Is that.
0: Harmonic. That's the. Hum, it's a beautiful way to put it. This yacharad, yacharad. So it's not. Ah, it's actually. Oh wow. That waltz when everybody's waltzing, it looks almost stasis.
3: Without the connection, you feel, or I feel, isolated. I've spun so, out. that craziness is so much more painful, isolated, than with the harmonic resonance of people who are undergoing the same thing. But I don't think we should, should um, underestimate the instability that's present when everything is shaking. Oh. It, yes. That... Even when it was okay, it wasn't okay. Like, you know, that Yes, you
0: know,
1: yes. That it's, really, things were coming apart. Right? And,
0: it's the end know. of the world as we know it. And I feel. It's such a great song for that reason. This is REM in this sense. Yes. Absolutely destabilizing. Uh, other moments in your lives, in history, that you felt this? A kind of destabilization but someone else was also destabilized the environment was unstable you were unstable but as long as you were all doing it together you guys actually had a, a certain stability within that thinking of things at least personally trying to because I think it's important to uh, really putting yourself in this 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 intense moment
1: but, like the people don't get it like they
0: they say but they're like okay it turns out they can't can't
1: handle
0: it it is it is intense it's too much no no come back go I can't and go down and this is when honestly this is why it's so hard not to hold on to the mountain everything's trembling you're trying to gain some stability so what is this this next section 21 Adonai says to Moses Go down, warn the people not to break through. Penyehirsu el Adonai, el Adonai, to God, to try to break through this cloud. To see, ve'nifal mimenu rav, and fall, lest many of them perish. I, I translate this differently. Lirot. You try to break through, so what do you try to do when you 're in this? I used to do this at uh, in um, Space Mountain in Disneyland when I was little. I was scared of uh, of uh, roller coasters, so I would have a flashlight and blacklight when in Space Mountain and be like, "Oh, I see." I tried to break through to make sure that I knew what the mechanics were, and I think that 's what God is kind of warning in this. Because in fear you want to try to see at least try to hold on to something tangible and then God actually double warns you have to stay in this destabled uh, environment in order to be um, open to a truly transformative experience because if you clasp down and you try to break through I see it as Icarus it's a greater fall when you try this alone and you try to break through and try to get a hold of it, get a grasp of it alone, that's the Icarus moment that you're going to actually fall hard. Not that many will fall, but that the fall from it, from trying to break through, will be great. And I, you know, I can think about the great tragedies of, of like 9-11. To try to understand it, to wrap my head around it, was trying to break through and I fell further. To sit with our, what was it, open hearts, broken hearts open together in community to understand I didn't understand, that was a healing moment and to know the difference. And I think that's that's horror and Sinai are opposites, but they actually do uh, relate. Yeah.
1: Well, if you can experience the experience without taking yourself out of it or apart from it or touching the mountain then you will have lived through it and it will be behind you or next to you or in you but you will know that you can live through a terrible experience and be on the other side of it
0: so I I wanted to I I make up words all the time it's really important too I, I call it thrival I don't like survival, like I'm a survivor, and yep. I'm not talking about the, sh- uh, you know, I'm talking about thrival, but somehow, not only did I get through this traumatic, but I've actually grown through it.
3: So you're a thriver.
0: Right, a thriver. <laughs> right, something like that, a thriver. yeah, something like that, a thrival.
1: And God willing, you'll be stronger the next time, right. because there will be a next right. and challenge in life, and you will be stronger and have the fortitude. And you'll know, you'll know that you, you'll know because you, you experience it. Yeah.
0: And then, how do you do that as a collective, which is so much harder? You know, I teach uh, theology to ninth graders, fourteen-year-olds. Look, I can barely get adults to get out of their own heads. You imagine you're fourteen? They're like, I just don't understand how I can get this collective experience. Very hard very hard. And how do you move from that challenging time? I think even more challenging is when it's good. When there's beauty that we can collectively acknowledge. Wow, this is not just good. This is not just great. This is holiness happening. This is something that is truly profound that I will live and grow through, which is another type of revival. We're working on it. So now we're going to turn the page. Chapter 20. The Decalogue. Anybody know uh, Koslowski's Polish Decalogue? It's a modern interpretation. I just have to mention it every time. Brilliant. Polish tell series of ten different commandments. Really top. Uh his name? Koslowski. What? A wonderful... You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He
2: like the blue
0: Ah! Uh, okay, that's a different... I was taking an aside, forgive me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's shift gears a bit. Uh, tell me, it's, we've only got five minutes and I'm about to say the whole uh, thing, right? Ha! Right, five minutes. No. So let's do this. Let's, uh, let me say this. Ten
2: <laughs> well, I'm gonna
0: have an end around. Yeah, see, and we can't be one foot on this one. By the way, al regular achad doesn't mean that. In my uh, translation, it means regular is a principle. So can you get Judaism to one principle? And Shammai says that's absurd. al, al- Echad is on one rule. Can you just name one rule? And it's basically Google's. Don't do evil things. Right? I mean, that was... And then the rest is commentary. So that actually loops right back to this. al Echad is... What's said? You know, from the maximalist to the minimalist position. Um, right? I am... And I do want to bracket out the Aleph here to... Anybody know him? What's number 10? I'm kidding, of course. Don't covet. Tachmot asher l're'echa. So, what was given at Sinai? So, cosmically speaking, everything... The beginning of creation. This is Rashi's first creation. When you read the first Rashi... of Breshit Bara... Uh, in the beginning created... it says... guess what? No, this is the beginning. Time warp to Mount Sonic because everything's given in this moment. Now, that's cosmic. That's pretty profound. And yet... it's all there. In every moment... everything is in it. Lithium is part of our universe which was from the beginning of creation, it's in every breath. So I don't have to be mystical or somehow uh, transcendent to believe it's all there. And this is also something beautiful with love. When you have that first experience face-to-face, you know, they say like you see the whole life I did see this with my wife I, when the first time I met her, I saw her as a, as a as a very old woman, a beautiful, beautiful senior woman and i I got it. It was that moment called Devarim. Now I only got some of that, or did I see this is where i, I don 't know i 'm a little i 'm I'm, I'm a little mystical that way, so the maximal position that not just the Ten Commandments but that all of Torah and not just all of Torah. But all of Oral Torah, and not just all of Oral Torah, but every single moment is contained within one moment. Very possible. The maximalist position. Now let's move back from everything to... Okay, I have these... I saw Mel Brooks name. We're for Shrema. I have these 15. 10. Okay, so actually we have to add that right here. So, so you've got 10... 15, no, 10, or actually it's from minimalist to max. Yes. So, what was given? The Ten Commandments? Those laws, which I actually want 10 just to spend a moment in our tech world, this binary. It's simply ones and zeros. It's do's and don'ts. It's positive and negative. Put the Put the order together. And in fact, if you look closely at our Ten Commandments, I am is not really a positive. It is. But it's to believe in this quantitative something that I can't experience. Certainly don't have any other of them. And don't take God's name. It's not in vain. I'm not saying vanity is great. It's not. But it is to nothing. It's shoah. You know the word shoah? Shav comes from that same root it's absolute obliteration so if you say God is this that's making it too much something but then the third commandment is that God's absolutely nothing what's the best expression we have of qualitative nothing Shabbat that's why you have the fourth commandment what does it mean to kavod avicha etemecha is it how you show it positively Is it a relationship? That's also not necessarily a positive... I'm just showing you that it's not necessarily a positive commandment. And then you have a bunch of don'ts. Don'ts, don'ts, don'ts. It's actually all negative theology. Perhaps. I just want to share with you my theology, which is, I do believe in God, but as soon as I say it, I go, asterisk, because as soon as I say G-O-D, I feel a little idolatrous. I just put my name on it. Which he tells, or it tells, or... But as soon as I say he, she, it, it's wrong. And yet I keep trying to iterate it each and every day of my life. So from this minimalist to this maximist position, I wanted to even take it even closer, which is, Anochi. I am, I am somebody. I don't mean each of us as individuals, but I kind of do. But that we are a collective that, that reaches up towards an Anochi, Not just Ani, but Anochi. A dignified sense of self that each of us have inherently within us, and then that was actually Buber. <laughs> like each of these have associated rabbis who have given this. This is Menachem Mendel of Romanov, It's my fave. What did God say at Sinai?
1: <laughs>
0: Aleph. And that sense of mystery, that sense of awe. Yes while it, Aleph doesn't make a sound the fact that you have to open your mouth to say Aleph means there's intent there's so, there's, so oh it's inhabited it that initial is inhabited so
1: there's in, there's will
0: it is a qualitative nothing that you cannot say right. just like absolute zero is not nothing mathematically speaking I'm not a mathematician but he yes
1: he is, oh. he is.
0: Oh, my. True? It's a very important zero. I, and I'm not saying I in is zero. God's nothing. Oh, my gosh. Who are you, Rabbi? That's, that's, and that's the whole trick. But you've got to iterate beyond it. We, we have to say kol ha devarim midaber We must figure it out in the sticket of what that relationship means. What do you get? Yes. And then it's the world is open. It's
2: everything. Yes. Without discrimination.
0: Before saying you this, not that, which is interesting because then the tenth commandment is don't covet your neighbor's partner, your neighbor's house, your neighbor's stuff which is so discriminating. And it's saying, don't do that, which is the same way to say there is no discrimination. Try to be okay with where everything is in its own place, not to discriminate. You have that, I have this. So I agree with you in that. The Aleph is absolutely open, absolutely willing, if you were willing to hear it. That may just be enough. Aleph. I'm going to give you a final midrash here in our closing moments, which is... So you see the Ten Commandments, right? The Luchot, that's actually beautiful. Aleph through Yod, uh, 1 through 10. Um, my synagogue, they had a, back in San Francisco, budget deficits, you know, they couldn't... There was some value engineering towards the end. But I really wanted to... Um, have just the top, the first word that you're talking about value engineering. Okay, maybe we can't get the whole Ten Commandments, but maybe I can get two words in there. Because this is my final theory I want to leave you with. Anochilorecha <laughs> is really what he said. The first and last word, or God said. I'm for your neighbor. I'm here to be with you. I'm here to participate with you. The rest, what's in the middle is relationship, And so that all of Sinai, all of this experience, so that's the irony back to don't approach a woman. It's all about intimacy. It's all about who we are, but it's not about any of that. And the rest is commentary. And thank you for sharing the commentary. And thank you, all of you.